Hey, it says recording. That's all right. We're on. We're on. Hello, and welcome to Nick and Doug's Sound Explosion, a pure podcast for now people. Today is November 14, 2020, and this is episode number... Um, officially, I think 26. Yeah, we'll go with 26. Yeah. Officially, we do. We'll get to that in a moment. Oh, the bonus, the bonus, thing? the bonus yeah, track. Yeah, this, absolutely. But this is—that's not really—that doesn't really count. Yeah. So this is twenty, Correct. right? Twenty-six. Because didn't yeah. we have a big thing about we had a big party on the twenty? Huge. The entire staff. Yeah. Yeah. We had exactly. uh, at the at the party. It was yeah. <laughs> it was mayhem. But that uh, like a party like no party like a twenty-fifth uh, episode podcast party. We didn't allow any photos. We took everybody's. No, you had to. That's right. You had to uh, sign a waiver and all sorts of things. It was basically, let's two, three words for you: eyes wide shut. That's all I'm saying. Uh, This is the podcast where Nick and I, yes, that means I'm Doug, talk about the leap motifs. Yeah, see what I did? I bought a thesaurus, and when I say the leap motifs, I of course mean the talking points. Yeah, we're good. We just mixed it up a little bit. As always, we like to start things off with the Columbia University in the city of New York sports update. I was just listening to the... He was the, playing, uh, yeah. I was pausing. Music. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, we have a little sad news in the world of Columbia sports. Uh-oh. Just announced the Ivy League has canceled winter sports. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Well, uh, what's see, a winter wait. sport? We have the you want to take one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They say, uh, the unanimous decision affects winter sports like, and then here's the seven. Pick the guess the seven uh, hockey, ice hockey is one, rugby, nope, curling. <laughs> Oddly enough, no, you would think. Well, at least uh, not on this list. Nog drinking? <laughs> is nog drinking is yes, no. Uh, not f- Football's not a winter sport, right? So no, gonna, that's a fall sport. Yeah, okay. Um, hey, uh, volleyball? Mm, no. Badminton? No. Basketball? Oh, okay. Squash? Oh, of course. <laughs> Swimming and diving? Really? Yeah, there's a uh, wireless call from a number I don't know. Now I'm going to leave that. Oh wait, I think I think my extended warranty on my car is uh, due to be extended or something. So I should probably get that. Okay. Uh, wrestling and indoor track and field. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Who knew? So there you go. So we. Uh, yeah. Just squash uh, is a a a a winter sport. And be like a college sport that teams I, play against each other? I guess so. Wow. I didn't know that at all. Yeah. Yep. Spring sports like lacrosse, baseball, and softball seasons delayed at least through at least the end of February. Yeah. Because yeah, by it's the way, a, uh, it's, it's not spring in January and February. <laughs> yeah, well, there's also that. Exactly. Yeah. But while we're on the topic of college sports, Please. One of my favorite uh, uh, things is the, in college sports, are you hip to the rivalry trophies? Oh, is this a thing I can guess? Is this a thing where like two teams like that have a grudge against each other and then they pass the trophy back and forth each year and it's like who gets it for the blah, blah year? Exactly. And there are things like the keg of nails. There's the old oaken bucket. Sure. There's that's the name of that pub that you started, right? Isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Uh yesterday yeah. was any guess on what the Iowa Minnesota football rivalry trophy is? Um the can of corn. You are not well a little far off, but not that far off. The introduced in nineteen thirty-five. The dust husk. The Floyd of Rosedale. What does that even mean? It is the Floyd is a bronze. The Floyd of Rosedale is a bronze trophy in the shape of a pig. Oh, I like that. There's a great, there's this long story about in 1935. um, 
it's actually about how this came to be. And it's just very 1930s governors and a guy, uh, Clyde and Floyd are, okay. are involved here. Uh, Iowa governor Clyde Herring, Minnesota governor Floyd Olson. Uh, there's also a, uh, the, one of the, uh, the one few, uh, a uh, black player getting a few, let's say, several rough hits applied to him, um, and delivering Wait, a prize. Thirty-five, you mean? Okay, yeah, is where it started. And what's this thing called again? The, Br- the Floyd, Floyd of Rosedale. The Floyd of Rosedale. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in nine two thousand eight, Rivals dot com named Floyd of Rosedale the top rivalry trophy in college football. And it's Iowa and Minnesota? Iowa, Minnesota. And Iowa, for the sixth straight year, won the Floyd of Rosedale yesterday. That's a burn on Minnesota. Yeah. Yep. That's got a sting. It absolutely has to. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we always like to follow that with the Jewish joke of the show, punchline only. For mm-hmm. you listeners, we have a special episode is up and available. Yeah. Maybe they've already heard it. Could be. One of the great compilations of all time. It's mostly just me laughing a lot before I, I think tell it's mostly me saying, I love this bit. <laughs> it's also that. It's also that. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, you are presenting today's uh, punchline. Am line. I? You better be. You told me you were. Did I say I had one? Oh, hang this on, is this. Okay. All right. I'll find it. Hang on. Okay. Um, I forgot here. that I, I said I was going to do this. No, nah, it's, it's okay. Because um, I, I don't have find, one. I so did some better. research. Yes. And you I, asked an old Jew somewhere? Something? Well, I was trying to understand there was a joke. By the way, was a it? moment of silence of Jewish comics for the late Norm Crosby died. Uh, oh, is that right? A few days ago, yeah. Huh. He got hosed by the Alex Trebek. Uh, passing you know no one there would have been there would have been tons of features about norm crosby except alex trebek died instead yeah yeah or at um, the same time not instead really right and there was that presidential thing too hey, well there's that um so th- i was doing some research because there was a joke i saw for the first time the movie uh coming to america the eddie murphy thing yeah, I've only seen like little parts of it. I know that's one of those movies that people say, you haven't seen that? And he does like the bit where like he's like seven of the characters in the movie, right? Him right. And he'll play a bunch of characters. And there's one like, character where one of the characters, it's like an old Jewish guy who tells a joke. And I like, I didn't understand the joke. So I was trying to like look up the joke. Oh. told the whole joke. It wasn't like just the punch. Right. I couldn't figure it out. I just right. couldn't understand the joke. And uh, I went through uh, the I went through the interweb trying to look it up, and I came across some of some other ones, including okay. one or two that you had. Um, uh, We've already one or two uh, that you had told on on the show, and I was like, "Oh, that's pretty funny." Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, you know, if you don't have it, don't worry. No, about I, it. I, I do. I do. I'm just to I had a couple. <laughs> And I was trying to remember which one I wanted to tell. All right. Um, you know, it's just the punchline, right? Yeah. Okay. okay. So, uh, I'm, I'm, let me phrase it properly. Okay. I take the word Zorba and, uh, and put yeah. it in Moisha. <laughs> exactly. I'll substitute it yeah. um, for Moisha. Um, so his mother said, will you go back and tell your teacher that you want a speaking part? <laughs> I know the joke. It's, it's, a great, it's a great bet. It's pretty good. Nice. It's pretty good. I've got another. I'm going to do next week's too. Oh uh, yeah. All yeah, right. I'm going to make a note of this. You want to write this down? Yeah. I'm going to write. I'm going to make a note. Okay. Um, that we're doing this one next. Week. <laughs> oh, this. I get two weeks off. This is good. Yeah. No, this is good. You All get right. to. You get to enjoy I, being riding shotgun on that deal. I like it. Um, I listened to the uh, 
you know, I was presumably there for the episodes, but I listened sure. to the compilation of the of the punchline. I haven't had a chance to yet. All right. Well, then let's talk about it after you do. Okay. All right. That's that seems fair. Yeah. Yeah. All it's, right. Uh, I'll be interested to see um, see what you think. All right. So you ready for the the topic today? Yeah. The let's go for a topic. Uh, movie endings. And I the worst. This, they can be. They can be. It so and and it's spurred on by there's this uh, series, and I guess it's sort of a series. Well, it's kind of so, a long. It's problem number one. They're <laughs> too far away from the beginning of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> there's there is that. Uh, so I watched all seven episodes of The Queen's Gambit on your net friend, the Netflix. I don't know if I know what that is. What is that? So my brother said, I'm not going to watch that. Cause he actually thought it was about like royalty, like the queen or the crown or one it's of those probably about things. Chess, I was like, no, right? it's about chess. And I will uh, pretend to be my dad here for a moment. I actually do know the executive producer oh. like, went to worked for him, went to high school with him. Actually, you know, it's not one of those, my dad's classic. I had lunch with Hillary Clinton. Right. I was like, Dad, was it you and her at Gayhaz sharing fondue, right. or were you in a ballroom with five thousand other people and she was on the dais? Right. It tends to be the latter. Yeah. Um, so I watched it, and I actually I'm a, a chess fan. Okay. Uh, I like the game, and of course, when I was, I'm gonna go third or fourth grade was the Bobby Fischer Boris Spassky Spassky oh. uh, match, which you know. Like Ali Frazier, sure. Um, like, like some of those those events were just captured the world, or at right. least the country, but certainly yeah. in the U.S. and especially something like that, where you know people like chess was you know, sure not anybody, but this like all of a sudden this American and crazy it turns out truly crazy person, yeah, uh, the American. But it was like you know it was on the news like every night, like right, the right. world championship chess match. And so there, there's the, the show is about that, and it's seven parts or seven episodes. And it got to about, I'm going to go six episodes and three quarters of the last episode. I thought were, I don't know about great, but I found it riveting. I found the main character mesmerizing. The chess stuff was actually really cool, really well done. Mm -hmm. It took place in the mid-60s, and they just captured that era with the music and the fashion. And it's always fun to see movies where like people with a you know a dial telephone. Right. Um, and that kind of thing, like just like 1960s, you know, non uh 21st century. Uh, props and 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 atmosphere, um, and so it got to the and the and then it gets to this point in the last fifteen minutes. I was like, I'm sitting there watching this thing. You're kidding! <laughs> it turned. It was this dark, sort of weird, fairly let's go dark series, and then it turned into Christmas in the Smokies. The last like 15 minutes, it's like happy ending. Everyone gets together. This like weird. And I was just watching this going, you're like, you're kidding me. Like it just turned into this really dark, twisted psychological story. Really just this as happy an ending as any Disney movie. Huh. And I was like, well, I want my money back. Yeah. So I want to call up uh, uh, my, the executive producer and say, you owe me at least one month of Netflix. Who's the guy that who seems did it? to be? Who did it? Uh, Bill Horberg. It's actually his second chess movie. He produced, I think his first movie was Searching for Bobby Fish. That's a good movie. It's a really good movie. Not a great chess movie, no, but a really a good, good really good movie. Yeah, great like cast movie. too. Like unbelievable uh, right. uh, cast in there. Um. And just got me thinking, the other movie that I hate the ending of, that I think is a really good movie until like the last two minutes, Yeah, Shawshank Redemption. I don't know if you're familiar with the movie. I have seen it for sure. I don't know if I really remember how it ends. They just meet up on the beach, right? They meet up on the beach. It makes me, it, it pisses me off. I turn, and now if I watch any of it, I turn it off before the end. I mean, at least that one, that was their plan, sort of, right? Like, yes. 
But here's my problem with that, yeah. is that the whole movie is about hope. And right. it's about this idea that you don't, you know, you keep, it's, it's sort of, you know, the myth of Sisyphus yeah. in a way, that you keep, you yeah. know, going for that. You don't need to tie up the loose ends. You can leave things sort of, you know, uh, well, you for, could, for the audience to guess, sure. for the audience to make up their own ending. You can make it ambiguous. Uh, it's okay. Yes, you can. If that's sort of the theme of the movie. I don't think yes. it should be done if it's right. like, you know, a I Shakespearean mean, drama does have a beginning, middle, and an end. Right. I think that, because I think there's a, a sort of a, I don't know, a, a different, I know, a converse, inverse problem where people don't know how to end a story. And so they leave like the movie and then they're like, we want the audience to decide. It's like, no, you fucking wrote it. You should decide how right. it ends and commit to something. You know, yes. now I think that like making an ending. So I think having like sort of no ending or whatever is a cop out. But I also see your point that like sometimes it's like if you were going one way and then you just all of a sudden just do something random that's right. unrelated just to end it or to end it in a certain way, even though that's not where you were going and you all of a sudden just are like, uh, you know, this was happening. They were, they were stranded in the, uh, in the mountains in the middle of winter right. and they were about to die to now they're in LA. They're yeah, fine. Exactly. And you're like, wait, what? what? <laughs> How did they? exactly what happened here. But I think like something but, like Shawshank Redemption, if it ended where the Morgan Freeman characters like walking on the beach, yeah, and stop there. And he talks about hope, and he talks about. I agree. You know, all that would be themes. better. That would be fine. That's, you don't I have think that to. That's fine. You don't have to hammer ending. it home, right? You don't Correct. have to hammer it home. And then he's got a puppy dog and a new yeah, wife. Precisely, and have. I do think that they happy. But at least with that one, that that ending is like that is where it was going. Anyway, right? They didn't like grab the wheel oh, it wasn't it shortly the, at the end what's the the deus ex machina all of a sudden and the spaceship came in and saved right. everybody yes exactly. i agree with that right at right. least it was going there and so like yeah did they have to hammer it home would it have been a little more subtle and left a little bit of a like uh yeah thing like where they're not like hugging at the end like sure exactly now we've been and that's at an least ending. it does make sense it's it's congruent with with where it was going if it was uh, yes, all of a I'll sudden, like, if it was something horrible, then all of a sudden, magically, hey, well, right, the spaceship took us, and now we're on the beach hugging. Like, you'd be like, what? Yeah, exactly. Um, yes, I'll buy that. But this was just so out of the blue. Yeah. Not only disappointing, but it just reeks of that. Well, we have a, we have to you know, tie things up and make it a happy ending. And right. the producers came in as like, well, we don't want to leave people on a downer and we got to, yeah. Because it's like, well, that, no, it's okay. Do not, it was yeah. just the strangest thing. And I don't, and it just, I think part of it was my investment in the first, you know, six hours. Right. Of it. Right. Uh, and it was like, I, I found, like I said, I thought it was really, really good. And just like, so I mean, so many elements of it just rang so untrue. Yes. To the rest of sure the not only, just not only the the actual you know uh, making of it the actual the, you know the the storyline and how it was but the actual story itself it just right. rang untrue. Yeah. No, I think that's that's valid. Yeah. Um, and like, because I always look at. Um, maybe one of my favorite endings of any movie is 2001 which has an ending i remember watching it with someone much younger than me which is most everybody yeah and she was like i don't get it like the ending and i said look i've seen this movie a dozen times i don't get it either <laughs> but it but it changes that but i sort of think i get it every time and then now nah, turns out i kind of do but no not really I have no problem with that because it actually is an ending. It's just a yeah. very sort of ambiguous and I mean, not easily definable ending. Yeah, I think um, some things like it's also the thing where like maybe this is kind of along the lines of your thing about the Shawshank thing is that there's 
Right. They're usually in a story. There are several threads, right? Right. And if you leave them all unresolved just to be mysterious or because a cop out, because you can't figure out how to like tie up the story, that's lame. But that's, I mean, you had you too have, many like, threads. Right. Also, yeah. if you have seven threads, like you, if you tie up six of them, maybe you don't need to tie up the seventh one perfectly. Like you don't need, if you generally wrap up the story, sometimes yeah. they go overboard where it's like, oh, the dog found another dog friend. Yeah, precisely. You know, the, the cat found another cat house to live in. Yes. And then this person found it. You know, it's like, right. okay, okay, I get it. Everything works out, right? Exactly. Or it's like, you know, the end of what is it? Animal house, you know, right. like that's fine. Like what happened to them 20 years later? Like, the, yeah. you know, as long as if it's funny, Right. And, and and that one in particular was that's fine yeah yeah but i think so i i get that there's sometimes there's the it's too wrapped up right at the end there's correct there's, too wrapped up there's the thing where like the ending doesn't match where, where you've been going the whole way like all of a sudden you're in a different place right it doesn't make sense but i also have a big problem with with people who don't they clearly don't they don't know where they wanted to go with the story. And then they'll try to make it like they're very artistic and they're like, wow, I'm leaving it ambiguous for the exactly. audience. It's like, no, you just don't really know. You had a premise. You didn't really have a full story. <laughs> but you did not have an ending. That, right. That's exactly right. Another movie whose ending like I love, which is not ambiguous and, it, and it's, but I just think it's a stunning ending is Big Night. The movie oh, about the Italian dinner. Yeah. And there's just this wonderful, just beautiful last scene where the chef comes in and literally makes an omelet. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And it's just so, so fitting with the rest of the movie. It doesn't explain everything. You right. don't know what happens after that. Right. But that's okay. But it was like this right. sort of just really nice and very apropos and very touching. Yeah, um, that's good little sequence which is what the rest of the movie was right very similar to that and it's sort of a simple thing but i think it was you know just done right otherwise you get into like yeah because you can also get into like the um jj abrams m night Shyamalan thing right you're like you don't you don't actually know what you where you're going you had a premise correct you had a sort of a setup and then you have no idea what to do and then you're just kind of like floundering around so you either quote unquote leave it open ended for the audience to decide or yeah you, no that or i don't think you wrap it up in a way where it's like that doesn't make any sense actually when you think about it right correct if you go back through it is like well that's not right right exactly yeah, yeah i'll buy that yeah there you go um but i do agree with your original statement yes the endings almost always too far away from the beginnings yeah, <laughs> yeah no, no doubt about it. <laughs> it is absolutely true. Now, have I will admit to this. It just happened to be on, you know, when Netflix, like the next thing comes on. I watched Holiday. I think Barb fell asleep. It was basically their version of a Lifetime Hallmark okay. Christmas movie. Okay. Except it was basically that with a fair amount of swearing and like kind of lewd, explicit language. Okay. Not a fair, but a fair more, certainly more than you find on the Hallmark station. Sure. Which was just like, well, that's kind of entertaining, but it was, I sort of liked it because it was, it was absolutely at its core, a holiday, Hallmark holiday movie. Okay. And that had an ending that you saw coming seven miles away, but you knew that is exactly how it was going to end. And I was right. like, I have no problem with that. Right. That's exactly how it should end. Yeah. Of course, it would have been better if, you know, she had just shot him in the head, just pulled out a handgun, just blew his head out. That was like, well, that would have been a better ending. Mm-hmm. But that's usually not how those movies end. No. Because you know my theory is that all movies are better if someone gets shot in the head or face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, another topic I have that I've had yeah. written down for a little while. Please. I wrote it down. I don't really know where we're going to go with this, but we'll, let's find out. We we've both had, I think, experiences. I know we've had experiences with this. The concept of hoarding stuff. Oh yeah. My uh, uh, dad mm-hmm. was a notorious hoarder of right. stuff. Uh, and it's just, it's such a it's such a strange concept. To me, yeah. and sort of, I'm curious the psychological aspect of right. it. I, uh, and 
it's I'm just I'm, I'm, I, when I see it now, it's like sort of like I would always when I used to come home from my dad's, I would be like, okay, I'm going to throw something away in my house. Sure, yeah, I know. It's kind of too, too. Yeah, exactly. And have been during the pandemic, as so many people have, obviously going through yeah. old stuff and getting rid of a phenomenal yeah. amount of things. I think that, it's and paper um, and so forth. Yeah, it's interesting. I think that whatever, I haven't like studied it scientifically, but my impression right. is that there's a few things that can be going on there, right? One is people who maybe didn't have a lot of stuff or a lot of money or ability to get stuff. It's some phase of their life, right? When they're younger right. and then like you're kind of conditioned to have this mindset of being nervous or being, I'm going to be short on stuff or I'm not going to have enough. Right. You can, so you, you, you know, it's not totally logical. It's not totally rational because obviously if you, you can, there are stores and you can go get stuff when you need it, but to like get it in your house so that you have possession of it, I think is part of, that can be part of it. Right. Like I never used to be able to even have enough clothes or something. And now I, can get the close and I'm going to, I'm going to get them while I can. So then I'll have, right. Them, and hold right? on to or yes. the, I don't know, the cans of stuff or the right, News whatever papers, it is. Magazines. Right. Yeah. And I think part of it, and then I think some, for some people there's a mix of like, I don't like to quote unquote waste things or throw things away. So it's like once I bought it, well, I guess I have to keep it or something because because I may need it at some point. Right. Well, and you I can't shouldn't let it just, go to waste. Still worse, just throw right, it out. Or like away. I, right. I sunk the sunk costs of the thing. Right. Or whatever. Um, but I think, um, and then I think, you know, it has like a lot of things in life, right? A lot, it's a, it becomes a habit, right? It has its own momentum and inertia. And so right. it can be hard to reverse that once it's, once it's picked up some steam. I know that from my own experience, right? It's been hard for me to like at points or like, well, oh, what am I doing? I, why do I have 35 t-shirts? Like I don't need 35 t-shirts. I need like exactly. six, right? Like, so yeah. like, how do you, how do you reverse that? And it can be hard. I read the, um, I know it's sort of, I'm, I don't know where the, where we are in the circle of like backlashes and forward rashes and whatever on but like the marie Kondo, the yeah. the, the um life-changing magic of tidying up right i actually really liked that book because it addressed this topic in a way that was not like i'm gonna sell you a system of things to do i mean i think subsequently she has products or whatever but sure her initial thing was more like a philosophical thing where she's like if you can kind of get over this once if you can go through your stuff and weed it out and then have a place for things, you'll never have to, you won't have to continually do a process or be part of a system or whatever. You'll just do this and then things will fall into place. Like you will not, right. It'll be over. And I think that there's a lot of stuff in that book that she says that I think is pretty wise about like, um, sort of the philosophy and the emotion behind it, where she says like, sometimes the reason you bought something was because you wanted the thrill of buying it at the time, but you don't actually, you didn't really need the thing and you definitely don't need it or want it now. Correct. And she's like, it's okay. Sometimes we buy, we do stuff just for the thrill of doing it, including buying stuff. And then Absolutely. if you can recognize that, then you can say like, okay, this thing played its role. Like I got the thrill of buying it, but I don't actually want it. And then you can, and you don't have to feel bad about that. But let uh, it you go. have to keep it for right. a certain amount of time because you bought it or whatever, you can get rid of it. So I just think that there is like, I mean, I think there's other stuff going on too, where people like literally want to be surrounded by their stuff and like have piles of things around them and like sit on their mountain of, I don't know, whatever it is, magazines or things like that. But, exactly. I just look at things like, do I have to dust it? Then right. it's like then then I don't uh, right. yeah <laughs> then I don't want it. if there's any real cleaning involved right you know I used to tell my dad when he'd go on Tris like you know do you want me to bring you back something and I was like what's the rule right and he's like I know if you can't eat it or spend it you don't want it yes yeah. so if it's going to be in my house for a long period of time and I need to like take care I of it if I'm not right. going to be using it tend to it you're like I I don't need it 
Yeah, I think that, you know, the thing, the one of the things in the Marie Kondo thing was like, she's like, if you have a place for everything in your in your home for whatever stuff you do have, then you're fine because then right. stuff goes back into that place. It's when you get away from that and you have either more stuff than you have places or you haven't designated a place for things and then they just kind of lay around or pile up. Correct. That's when you get into trouble because otherwise it's no, you know, if your glasses always go in this on this shelf, yeah, then that's where they go. And like that's you don't have go. to right. like, it's not a project to figure out like, oh, well, I got to clean up. Where am I going to put my glasses? If, it's like musical chairs. If you don't have enough space and you have too much stuff, then every time you have to like, quote unquote, clean up when people come over or whatever. Right. Try to hide things that don't have a, a place. Exactly. And, you know, alternately, my feeling is have fewer places to put stuff. Because well, yeah, that'll also help. You know, like of one of the things is I remember talking to someone and she was like, oh, I should get, you know, shelves for these. And I was like, no, that's actually the wrong answer. Don't get the shelves. Get rid of the thing. That's right. You know, it's like, no, you don't put, there's no, like, remove all that stuff. Yeah. Get rid of places to put things. It was That's when right. I went to um, Falling Water, the yeah. Frank Lloyd Wright house in Pennsylvania, which, by the way, stunning. Was one of the great, I was, I was overwhelmed by how much I enjoyed that okay. visit for a house. Yeah. Uh, but he talked, he, they built, uh, you know, this, very fancy cool house sure and built a carport instead of a garage and yeah. his frank lloyd wright's reasoning was a garage you fill it up with stuff yeah that's right a carport you just park your car there and there's yeah, a you know right. there's a, a a roof over it to keep the snow away from that's it. totally right you can't there's you can't accumulate things right yeah i have a yeah. little like drawer with like some postcards in it yeah if if I have more postcards and fit in the drawer, then I got to get rid of them. Like I just can't get more right. than that. Right. Or and you don't, little, you don't get a dub bin or another. Right. I have a little you know, thing. front closet that has coats in it. Yep. If the, if the coats don't fit or you get a new coat and, and it can't fit it in there, you don't find another place to store coats or get a right. pin for storing coats. You get rid of a coat. Get rid of a coat. I mean, my rule is especially with clothes, if I buy, if I buy, you know, a pack of three t-shirts, three have to go. Right. I'm yeah. at a zero sum game at this exactly. point. With, right. Yes, with totally. Clothing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Same thing. Like food, same thing too. Like, yeah. you know what? The cabinet's full. Then, then don't buy any more food. Eat don't buy any more food. You got you enough. Have. That's exactly right. Got to empty out the free. At this point now, it's like, no, 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 no more stuff. We need to empty out the freezer. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. There you go. Yeah. I think it's, um, I mean, it can be hard to reverse it, but it's totally doable. I think the thing is like. I think it helps to have someone. Yes. That's a good time to have someone coach and just like, because some of it's just the physical picking it up out of the bin, off the shelf, out of the closet and say, when did you last wear this? Two years ago? We'll put it in this pile for now. Right. And just someone to really help you through that. Well, that's what I really like I about the, the other thing, not to be like a, a, a pitch man for uh, Marie Kondo, but like exactly. her thing was like, don't do the thing where you put it aside and then if you still don't wear it for six months or whatever. She's like, you know. She's like, yeah, you got to know, right. Pick exactly. it up. If you're like, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to wear this. Even right. like, not like, no, it doesn't fit or I could wear it or whatever. Like, but say, I'm never I don't want to. to. I'm not going to. Like yeah, it, it goes. That's it. You just make right. your decisions about everything. I totally agree. Yeah, and her you know, thing was really interesting because she does it like she has you do it in sort of a sequence of of types of stuff based on like sort of least emotional attachment to greatest emotional attachment, generally speaking. Right. So, so are are like are like spouses and children last then, or are they somewhere in the middle? They're two thirds of the way. Two thirds. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Right. And you go through, and so you go through clothes first, and then you go through, you know, whatever books, and then you go through blah, blah, and you go through right. papers, and then you go through, you know, keepsakes and, and stuff last. But I think, um, yeah, I think you're right. I think the zero something and not making more space for stuff, but saying, like, do I really need more stuff? Or do I need right. less stuff? 
the hardest, one of the hardest parts when it was getting, I love books and getting rid of yeah. 50 years of, of yeah. books and probably got rid of, I'm going to say, I'm just looking at what I kept, yeah. uh, two thirds. Yeah. I yeah. just packed them up, got them out of there. Um, I did. my favorite part was going through, I always use ticket stubs as bookmarks. Oh, was yeah, going through, right. It was like, wait, that concert was $6 and I still don't remember it. Right. Like, or a couple of those, not many, right. but a couple of those kinds of like, mm, nope, don't remember seeing that band. I guess I did, but I yeah. genuinely don't remember. It's great. Like I went through, I think I had a realization. I was looking at my, this was, I don't know, years ago, 15 years ago or something like that. I remember looking at my bookshelf. And at the time I had gotten from when I worked at the Encyclopedia Britannica, I had gotten the set of the great books of the Western world. Okay. Right, of which I had read like one and a half volumes. I'm going to guess uh, Fifty Shades of Grey it's in and the- Who Moved My Cheese. Right. And I remember looking because I had that set of books, those 50, 60 volumes on the shelf. Right. And then a bunch of other stuff. And I, I was like, and I'm a slow reader. And I was like, if I <laughs> never buy another book again, and I live like an average lifespan. I live into my middle seventies or whatever. I'm like, yeah. I still might not read just to get through the books I have right now, much less buying another book in the future. Correct. And then I also realized that there's these things um, that are pretty cool called libraries. Come on. Oh, what are we talking like? What, like uh, something on the moon? Right. So then I was like, yeah, what am I doing? Schlepping all this stuff around like let's donate them and you know and like yeah pare down the stuff and now i have like i probably have like 10 books or so that are like signed by people and another like 10 that i really like just aesthetically right this particular physical book like i just love it no doesn't mean that i mean i love books in general and i could look at books for hours and hours but i don't need to have them all in my house it's like correct i think this is the other thing too is like sometimes with the hoarding type stuff is enjoying something and appreciating it and stuff doesn't mean i have to like have it in my home it's kind of like how i feel about animals like i like all kinds of animals but i want to have a deer living inside my house (laughs) oh i don't know I love to what look at like- them outside. I love to look at a herd of sheep, but I don't need to have a herd of sheep. And same thing, like, I like I like cool, I don't know, fabrics, dishes, yeah. uh, books, um, all kinds of stuff that I think is like, that's really cool. I really like that, but I don't need to, like, have a collection of each of those things in my house. Right. And there are places where they are stored yeah. that tend to be really nice places to go to right. and when we used to be them. able to go to places. But no, I agree. It's funny. The uh, I was looking at, because uh, right in front of me are the, I've kept I, two big shelves of like autographed books, including yeah. uh, the Jeopardy book. The answer is Doug. Sincerely, Alex Trebek. Nice. That went up in price, baby. Did he oh, sign yeah. that? Is yeah. That what, that's what he inscribed in it? Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Yeah. yeah. So that was exciting. But that's no, great. I agree. Like those I kept, I kept those. I kept some books that just had like specific meaning yeah, uh, sure. to me in particular uh, for periods of time. And some books that I actually still like reference books that I still actually do yes. you know, look at um, uh, and so forth. But it is... Uh, that was the books that that was tough, but I, yeah, you get to that point. I was like, Oh my God, what am I like? Okay. So these are just sitting here at this right. point. Right. You know, and taking up a good amount of weight and space yeah. and someone, and I give them somewhere, someone else will have the opportunity yeah. to read them. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I've read them. I've actually right. read them for their purpose. I, yes. the chance yes. of rereading them, none. Right. It's not slim and none. It is absolutely none. And if there's really one book, you know what? I'd like to read that book again. I'll buy it. Right, or exactly. get it from the library. Exactly. Or, you know, it's readily available somewhere. Yeah, totally. Totally. That wasn't the same, only copy. Right. Same way. Yeah. And I think about there's like all kinds of things that I appreciate. Like I like, I don't know, you know, I don't know, almost anything. Paintings, record albums, books, yeah. dishes, yeah. clothes. Bourbon, uh, but that goes away too. Right, exactly. You know, like, all the stuff like, more. yeah, it's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. 
That's yeah. cool. I don't, but I, I don't want to bring it home. No, and it's just, just uh, there, there is. I will say the more stuff I cleared out, the more open space there is in the home. Yeah. It's like, I'm, oh, I, I, I mean, as I know, there's the shot behind me of a bunch of stuff. Sure. This is actually the office, and this is actually stuff that I actually use yeah. and refer to. Uh, but for the most part, you know. X number of I, I like having a separate glass for the scotch as yeah. opposed to the wine as opposed sure. to the you know the soda yeah um, but otherwise I'm, you know like having but I don't need twenty scotch glasses that's I right need two right yeah I'm not I'm not having twenty people over for drinks no. I was I'll figure it out right I'll rent I'll rent I'll tell everybody bring your own glass right exactly I only have twenty I only have two. Yeah, it's fine. And then, you know, yeah. I also think that there's something about like, I don't know if this like, you know, if the feng shui of it or whatever, but like, right. The, like, I don't want every storage place, every cabinet, every bookshelf, every drawer, whatever to be maxed out, to be jammed out. Like I want to have a little breathing. It's just like a, uh, like a th- psychological thing for me. I want there right. to be a little breathing room. Like I want the books to have a little space so that like, yeah, maybe I will get one other book at some point or I'll get rid of a book, but there's always like a little bit of room in there when I feel like when it's jammed up, you're never getting to any of them. Yeah. It's just not, it's, I don't know. It just doesn't, it's not great. Right. Cabinets jammed with glasses. You're never going to reach for that one in back because it's too much of a pain in the butt to get back there. Right. 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 Your clothes are all jammed together. Like you're not, it's too many. You're not really going to, you're not really going to dig through them. It makes it harder to like, just like, I don't know, just psychologically and physically, it's like harder to access the things when it's, when everything's full. Totally. And uh, I just think there's something about having a little breathing room that gives you like, go, let's tie it back to your thing about the Shawshank, right? In the sense of hope. It's like, okay, yeah, maybe there'll be another, like, I'm not overwhelmed by my maxed out bookshelf and, oh my God, I got to read these things or, oh my, I'm maxed out by, my closet being jammed full of shirts. And now I can't even like figure out how to wear these enough to make it worth it. Like if you have space in there, you're like, Oh, maybe one day I will find another shirt I like. And then I'll, yeah, I'll get it. I'll get that one. Exactly. Uh, and you would think that was our philosophical discussion of the, of the episode, but oh, it's wait, not. there's more. Don't there's answer. More. Yet. <laughs> it's time for the philosophical question of the show. Yes. Ready? Yeah, I am. Are emotions irrational? <laughs> Let's define irrational. Well, that's there. Well, well, now that's a whole. That's a, that's next week's oh, uh, question. Okay. Yeah. Um. What do you mean when you say that? Do you think do you I have mean, no are idea? Emotions dumb or are they like no irrational in that uh, they're not rational? <laughs> I mean, they're not necessarily right. They're different. It's different. I think than that. They're not necessarily logical, right? If you had a Venn diagram of things you think Correct. and things you feel, right? There's going to be some overlap and then some sure. divergence, I think. I, mean, I think we can interpret this that way as well. And are they irrational? It's like, to me, uh, my answer is no. Interesting. Because to me, they make sense. Your emotions make sense. Your emotions follow uh, patterns. Your yeah. emotions are directly related to outside and interior uh, yeah. stimuli. Um, I will say when I, I, I think sometimes that question gets mixed up is like, are emotions wrong? Right. Like, no, they never are. It's interesting. I think but that's we, a different question. We also live in an era of, um, all emotional validation as people like to say, <laughs> so like everything right. is fine and everything is good and everything is equally valuable and important and i don't think that's true no i agree with that the way nature works and stuff like that right i do think it's interesting because i think both in different situations you know either or um emotions or intellect can be very spot on or very wrong right so it's um you know, some people would be like, oh, well, don't listen to your emotions. You got to listen to, you know, the sort of logic or intellect. 
part yeah, of things. You can listen to your emotions. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I think why they, not? They, because there's no, there's no, you know, and that, I mean, other as long as it doesn't infringe on someone's, yeah, you know, health or well-being. And there's like, well, I, what's the difference? Yeah, and I think it's that the right way. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna. I'm sticking we have, for now. We have emotions for a reason. Yes, and they are. And sometimes they dictate your actions, and that's okay. In good ways, right? In ways yeah. that are valuable, in ways that you wouldn't get to strictly based on like intellect and logic. Exactly right. Um, yeah, which I think is great, right? I'm thinking about like specific, I mean, that's a dramatic example, but right, it's sort of like... Um, protective instincts that would make one sacrifice their own well-being for somebody else right? sure At some level you would be like that's not really logical like as a right, an animal that's trying to survive you should do blah 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 but right it's correct but it makes but it is rational in that in in, in that yeah. sense yeah yeah right well, there we go and that may be a good place to uh to stop listen there's a short place any place is a good place no not i, I wanted to I want it to be closer to the beginning yeah, than, the, uh, than the end. Uh, I talk uh, too you, much, so that's, that's why we're here. We're where we are. That's right. You can email us at nickanddugs at gmail.com. We're still not on the social medias. I got to say, not miss being it. on. Miss it. I so don't miss it. I know. I don't miss in it. In the slightest. I mean, I was barely on, but I'm not. I don't Likewise. Miss it. But it is just, there is, I feel... There is nothing, zero zilch, that has happened in the world that I feel I have missed because I'm not on the social media. Elizabeth Hurley, new bathing suit model. I'm getting on my social medias. Yeah. Right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. I don't, I don't, I mean, I was barely on it, right? I would use the, for a year or so, I used the Instagram to like put up right. photos and look at other people's yeah. photos. And honestly, it's not that I spent that much time, but I probably spent like 10 to 15 minutes, probably two, maybe three times a day looking through like exactly right the people's photos. And then I was like, and there's no doubt it is addictive. And, it's easy because it's in yeah, your hand and, you and it's a like, screen and it's brightly colored and you see what's going on and it feels like, what about and it. I just feel, what am I doing? Yeah, right. I was like, what am I doing? And then I became like, I'm like, I'm actually getting anxious that I'm not seeing all, like I'm not keeping up and blah, blah, blah. Right. And I was like, this is, I'm, listen, I know many people uh, love it and use it all the time and stuff. And that's great. Fine. Just for me personally, not, none of that stuff, not worth it. You know, there was something. Exactly. There is no. Was that came up. Oh, there was like a text thread with some people. Uh a week or two ago with some friends and uh, uh, somebody said something. It was had something to do with like politics or the election. And we're all kind of on the same part of the sure. political spectrum. But I made a point where I was like, well, I think that this is actually a little worse than the other thing or whatever. And then I was called out by somebody else on it about making a logical fallacy or you know sort of like i was sort of uh called out on my debate technique which it was a misinterpretation of what i was actually oh, saying it, or whatever as it always because it's a text like, because it's a text thread well, and then i was like ah, and then i'm like spending like 10 minutes trying to think about like what am i now I'm mad about this like am i going to say something right. what do i say or whatever and i was like i thought to myself i'm like oh my god imagine if i had like a facebook account like i would yeah. be I would never get anything done. I would just be yep. like mired in anxiety over the comments and the whatever and the debates. And I was like, this one thing with a text thread with like six people who I'm close to was already exhausting me. And I'm like, totally. I can't even imagine what it would be like to be on the other stuff. And Oh, totally. And you just, I am, uh, especially with the text threads in general, I, I chose myself to be the person who ends. It's like, I'm not responding to that. That's that's right. where it ends. Like, and not in a mean way, but otherwise yeah, yeah. it will never. It's like, okay, that yeah, that's enough. That right. I'm good. And if the other person doesn't respond, it's like, great. 
you didn't respond, we're, we're fine there. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything to, uh, to plug anything you want to say, anything you want to, uh, add to, uh, anything? No, I don't think so. Um, let's talk next week about or whenever we do this about um about the punchline thing that was that was yes pretty we'll, funny we'll it was fun to kind of go back and uh sweet and hear those things back to back uh, yeah, no this is fun to spend this time together i like it. likewise uh think jerky.com good and oh, good yeah. for you uh bro bagel is selling the atomic uh bagel again it's a delicious breakfast sandwich is that and right? Yes, it actually, it is really good. And those are, it's, I like, it's, they're like real bagels. Um, it's a round Jewish bread. I don't know if you're familiar. And uh, by the way, I would like to uh, point out yeah. that the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City premiered this week okay. on your friend Bravo. Not only, it's quite, not only is one of the housewives a graduate of quite possibly the finest high school in North America. Really? You have a Niles North grad? Yeah. I alleyed and you ooped right in. LSC, baby. The Latin uh-huh. School of Chicago. Uh, she may have had some work done, by the way. I'd just like to point that out. Um, but it also may be my favorite of the, of the, of the housewives uh, I don't know if they're called. I've uh, never. I guess the whole thing's a franchise. I don't know of the locations. Yeah. The locales. I've never I watched know. one episode of any. I mean, I've heard of them. Obviously, please don't. From you. For I, it is. I'm going to caution you. This is the Listen, cautionary. I know tale. better. You know better. Don't don't do it. Don't just Rest if you can inside. somehow parental block Bravo on your TV. I recommend it as much as I love it. I do. It's one of those things I don't recommend. There's a lot of Bravo and whatnot that goes on in my house. I There's any of it. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's going to be interesting pandemic. Like, cause every one of those shows is basically people getting together. Right. Outside. So I think that network has basically come to an end as far as I can tell. But in the meantime, Salt Lake City is basically as if they took the greatest hits of the other eight cities and put okay. them all into, into one. All right. Uh, and a graduate. Yes, of the Latin School of Chicago. Okay. Remember, kids, don't litter. Be kind to those less fortunate than you. And as always, keep up the good work. And wash your hands, practice social distancing, wear a freaking mask, and pick up after your dog. And again, as always... The speed limits on the streets and highways are still (laughs) in effect. Until next time. Goodbye.